Hello, my name is Heather Gibo. I'm one of the deacons at the Virgin's Congregational Church. This is a portion of a recording of our service for Sunday, January 9th, 2022. If you would like to prepare a scripture for our sermon, the scripture lesson today is from Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 17, and Luke chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, and verses 21 through 22. Good morning. morning. Beloved, this is the day that God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. My name is Elliot Munn, and I'm the pastor here at the Virgins Congregational Church. And I'm so glad that you are here this morning. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you're welcome here with us. Our first reading today is from the book of Acts. Chapter 8, 14 through 17, page 892 of your Pew Bible. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. The two went down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet the Spirit had not come upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Second reading is Luke 3, 15 through 17, and 21 through 22, page 834 in your Bible. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. 
and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. A week and a half ago, still basking in the glow of our Christmas services, I pulled into our parking lot and saw Barbara Men standing, coming out of the food shelf. Full of her trademark enthusiasm, she let me know just how excited she was that, your da- that her daughter, Laura, was visiting from the West Coast. Right away after she told me this, Jim came pulling down into the parking lot in his van, right? And as soon as he stopped, Laura popped out of the car. Barb then introduced us. Elliot, meet Laura, the best organist in the state of Washington. (laughs) Laura, meet Elliot, the best pastor in Virgins. (laughs) Thanks, Barb. To be fair, only a few of us can be part of the A team. And none of us can be the best at everything. The beginning of Luke 3 lists the most powerful politicians and priests of Jesus' time and place. Tiberius, Pontius Pilate, the younger Herod, Philip, Licinius, Annas, and Caiaphas. Interestingly, God does not send God's word to these powerful men. God speaks through John, the wild man of the wilderness. As I said a few weeks ago, the people are drawn to John's fiery preaching. We get the sense that John is not concerned with being the best at anything besides being John the Baptist his own cantankerous self. And while it is no surprise that John is critical of the rulers, the so-called best of the best, his critique of the crowd, that is surprising. They are different than the crowds of Matthew filled with Sadducees and Pharisees. This is a crowd of regular people. And what does John call them? Brood of vipers. He's no blame game demagogue, this guy, right? He tells the crowd that they are part of the broken system and they need to do their part to shape up. They need to share, be honest, and use their power responsibly. They must prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah. Surely the crowd followed John to the desert because they wanted 
to flee the turf of the A-listers just as much as they wanted to seek out John. They wanted physical and spiritual distance from the powerful because they felt icky even being near them. The corruption of the system left everyone who interacted with it reeking of its stench. One would guess that that's why the waters of the Jordan looked so appealing. The waters wash off the stink of the broken culture and their part in it. The waters do not care how powerful they are, how good they are, or if they are the best at anything. What the waters are, are a new beginning, a chance to wipe the slate clean. And then, as we talked about here, something truly astonishing happens. Jesus shows up. He's in the crowd. He steps into the water and adds something new to the mix. Luke describes it rather matter-of-factly, simply saying that he was baptized like the others. And yet this moment is as radical as the incarnation itself. If we subscribe to the Christian tradition that Jesus was sinless, he had no need to enter the waters because he had nothing to repent of. And yet he does. And as he's praying afterwards, heaven breaks open. The Holy Spirit descends in bodily form and a voice speaks. You are my beloved, my son. With you, I am well pleased. So on Christmas, we celebrate that God came and entered the stink with us. And on this Sunday, we celebrate that Jesus jumped in the baths of baptism with us. Pretty cool. And our creator loves it. When we celebrate a baptism as Christians, we acknowledge the sacrament is more than a cleansing. It is nothing less than God meeting us right where we are through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Like Jesus, we are God's beloved, with whom God is well pleased. God is with us. Christ is with us as he was in that crowd in the Jordan. In this water, we are not alone. And we are loved. Remember that. This is a Sunday when we ask people to remember their baptisms. Can you remember the day of your baptism? Any of you? How about you, Katie? (laughs) December 12th. Mine's June 20th. While your baptismal anniversary is a special day to reconnect with God's loving presence in your life, so is every day. When you wash your hands, remember your baptism, right? When you turn on the faucet, remember your baptism. 
when you step into the shower and the water is still a little bit cold, woof, how about that baptism? (laughs) In days like these, we could all use regular reminders of our baptism. There is so much to frighten us, particularly around Omicron variant ripping through our community. Beyond the risks of getting sick ourselves, the broader consequences are also immense. As the safety precautions pile up, it's so easy to feel alone, right? But we're not. Through the waters of baptism, we are sealed as members of the body of Christ. And every particle of our being is soaked through with the Holy Spirit. Can't wash off the seal. Can't outrun the Holy Spirit. She's too darn fast. We may have to quarantine. We may have to worship on Zoom. And it sucks, right? that we're taking three weeks off from having choir. But I promise you, I promise you, God is with us, working through all of it to make a new start. I also want you to know something very important, that if you test positive, and I hope you get a test if you think you've been exposed, God has not abandoned you. God is not kicking you off the beloved list. Please be careful. Yes. Get your booster. Encourage your friends to get one too. But do not be afraid. The best of God is not only for the A-team, but also for B-listers like you and me. Amen.
May the grace of our Lord and friend Jesus Christ, who stood with sinners on the banks of the Jordan, may that grace uphold you. May the love of God who calls us to be beloved children bless you. And may the power of the Holy Spirit, who descended upon Jesus as a dove, give you peace. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm.